Hey guys, uh, welcome back to the third episode of Let's Talk About It. Before we jump in, in today's episode, I just want to give out a big thank you to Charlotte for being our guest. And I want to run over some of the facts and, and uh, important information that we discussed today because I don't know how clear it came across in the conversation. So to start off, uh, today's topic is about accessibility in healthcare and what is inaccessibility and accessibility mean in the healthcare system as well as what it's like in different countries. So according to the World Health Organization, um, accessibility in healthcare is understood as the availability of good health services within reasonable reach of those who need them and of opening hours, appointment systems, and other aspects of service organization and delivery that will allow people to obtain the services when they need them. Now, that's kind of a broad uh, meaning of what accessibility in healthcare is. Um, but where is it inaccessible? So we talked about the first country on this uh, long list of countries that I have. And the first one is Liberia. Uh, we talk about it a little bit later, but they have 14 doctors to a population about 5 million. The second is Malawi. I'm not sure if I'm saying that. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, 19 doctors to a population of 19 million. And then... Thirdly, we have uh, Niger, which is 19 doctors to a population of 23 million. Now, those numbers are not exactly close to being even at all. And that is one of the big factors to why it is inaccessible. Now, there are three main reasons why healthcare is inaccessible in certain countries and certain regions and these three main things um, are number one no access to resources that meaning they don't have enough doctors the government doesn't have the financial ability uh, to provide a healthcare system well a good healthcare system and they don't and that they potentially don't have the proper medical supplies to, to perform certain procedures or surgeries or treatments that we can get in Canada. Number two is inequality of services. Now, that kind of means the fact that the few professionals that are available are expensive and only the rich can really afford them. So... That leaves a majority of the people who need treatment or health help, um, they're not able to get it. As well as there's not really financial aid, and most of the time patients must pay everything themselves. Number three is kind of um the result uh number three isn't really why it's inaccessible but it's kind of the results of 
what this causes. So the results of no health care is people who become ill will ex- seek alternative cures since they can't pay the hospital fees or even if they went, they might not be able to afford the medicine they would be prescribed. As well, simple illnesses that could be easily treated can become devastating and cause a lot of complications and that's mainly what you see complications from other illnesses and this lack of health care can cause major epidemics we touch on this in the episode a little bit later on but serious diseases such as aids um have been known to spread throughout africa uh, specifically So in terms of kind of solutions, there are, I know that there are organizations that send money, supplies, and doctors to these places and regions, but I'm not 100% sure if what they do is how much it helps and how many people they can reach. But the idea of it, I think could potentially really help but then there's also something called mission trips you may or may not have heard of them before but if you want to uh hear me talk about them and my thoughts on them um i can do a full episode on that anyways without making this episode being half an hour long uh let's get into it Hello and welcome to the third episode of Let's Talk About It. Today we have a guest. Hi! (laughs) Uh, Today we'll be talking about medical accessibility and access to medical care in other countries, Mm -hmm. as well as a little bit of the difference between access to medical care in Canada and the U.S. Yeah. So, okay. Um... Let me start off with some questions mm-hmm. that I have for you. Is that okay? Yeah, of course. Okay. Do you have an understanding of what inaccessibility to medical care means? Yeah, I think so. I think it's like when, I guess, when you can't access medical care easily or if you can't access it at all. And, like, I don't know. I think this is very unfair especially for people like especially for children um who like everybody deserves access to medical care and I think inaccessibility is just when you don't get that okay um so from what I know the w the the World Health Organization uh says that accessibility to health care is the availability about availability of good health services within reasonable reach of those who need them so okay i've found that there are a lot of countries in mainly southern asia and africa that don't have Mm -hmm. access to health care yeah I, um, for a project i was doing i did it on overpopulation and uh there's a bit about like how many people in 
parts of Africa have AIDS, including children, um, and with no access to medical care. I mean, if you catch like a cold or, you know, if you catch an illness or something, you're very, it's very unlikely for you to survive, which is like um, really sad, especially if you're a child or, you know, if you're pregnant or something. Yeah. Um, I have another question, another couple questions for you. Okay. So what are your thoughts on this? Just anything? Like on medical accessibility and different, well, I guess like, um, I don't know, because really, I don't know much about it. But it's something that I would really like to learn more about, because I feel it's like, as I said, um, it's very important that everybody has access to medical care, really no matter what, because um, I don't know, I guess it's just like something everybody, everybody deserves the right to uh, medical care. And like, I guess my thoughts are like, I think I have, I have access to medical care, you do, but so many people don't. And it's just like, definitely something that needs to be um, talked about more, it needs to be um, like fixed. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So quickly, I just want to talk about some of the countries that are, well, have the least amount of doctors. So the number one country that has least amount of doctors is Liberia, which has 14 doctors and a population of 4.9 million. Oh my gosh. And um, a lot of these, it's really low amount of doctors to population. Yeah. And some of the reasons that is there is because people who do want to become doctors, they can't afford the training. Yeah. Uh, There's no really government aid. Mm -hmm. And then if they become one, they don't really want to work where they come from usually yeah because it's low pay and they can get more you know yeah a better job somewhere else sure that's not that's so sad I guess are there like are there nurses there or is it really just like there's barely any healthcare workers in general there's not many healthcare workers and then Horrible. it's mainly the lack of resources which cause the non, like, nobody can access it. But mm-hmm. as well, it's left to the people to pay for themselves. And a lot mm-hmm. of people don't have enough money to pay for it. So mm-hmm. they're left without proper health care. And mm-hmm. it's that's a, big a bit of a mess. Yeah, that's terrible. I mean... I'm sure, like, doctors who are more, I guess you could say, like, privileged or who have higher pay, um, I guess you could volunteer there. But, it, I mean, I'm sure many doctors don't know about that. And, I mean, you wouldn't really be getting paid. And that's just, yeah, that's so, that's terrible. I think if you're a doctor in somewhere, especially somewhere like that, where there's not many um there's not many other doctors, you definitely deserve a higher pay or, you know, um, a nice, nicer workspace or like, um, 
work environment, but that's just, I guess you don't really get that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since a lot of these countries have a lot of natural disasters or have been yeah. hurt by war, the government doesn't have the money or mm-hmm. just the ability to fund a free healthcare system like we do have here. Yeah. So the people who can access medical professionals are government officials and, you know, the wealthy, mm-hmm. which is small bit of the population yeah as well as four gners okay yeah that's really sad yeah that's that's a big problem i never i mean i knew it was a problem but i didn't know that that like 14 healthcare or 14 doctors to like a four million population is just like that's that's kind of like crazy. It's just like crazy in such a terrible way. Yeah. Um. So, what do you know about what people are doing to help this problem? I. I mean, I don't know much. Well, I what do you think they I- should do? I definitely think that should be something that the government uh, should be doing like or helping to take care of because, I mean, I mean, I know that, like, when you go to medical school, you're in a lot of debt probably because it's very expensive. Um, I think some of that should be covered, especially if you're, you know, you're saving lives. Um, some of that should be covered by the government. Um, I know that, like, if you're a soldier in war, there are doctors there I guess who can um doctors who will volunteer for like very low pay I guess but um and they will help soldiers which is good um yeah I really don't I feel like that's definitely something now that I think of it it's really something that needs to be um like brought up more it needs to be uh dealt with sort of I mean I guess you can't really completely deal with it all at once but you can definitely do more to um you know try and make the situation better yeah so Mm -hmm. I've heard of uh different organizations I don't know if you've probably seen but I know I've seen the ads donate to this and that organization yeah we send out doctors to these types of countries Mm mm-hmm But I don't know how, well, it's obviously, it's helpful, it's useful, but I'm not sure how much it actually helps and how many of those doctors, how uh, how many people those doctors can actually reach. Yeah. Because I've heard of people who live there denying their services. They don't want their help. Oh, really? Or they think it's, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... I guess I sort of understand that. I think, like, if somebody from a different country just comes to help you, I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know. I I guess I could understand, but I guess those doctors definitely need to be recognized if you're doing that. Like, um, if you're volunteering to go to another country to look after 
people who need it, I think those doctors should be recognized for sure. But yeah. So a lot of the people who can't afford it, they end up seeking alternative cures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, well, alternative cures, they don't always work and they can make yeah. things worse. Yeah. And I've uh, read that a lot of people end up in self-isolation for a really long time because they didn't get the help they needed and their just case got severe and complications that come with the the illnesses yeah I guess like if it's um air if it's like an airborne um if it's like an airborne disease or something like uh you have to self-isolate to um prevent spreading it because I guess it could be very like um, catastrophic if you spread it especially if you like if it was something like uh, tuberculosis I'm pretty sure that is airborne yes it is I think Um, yeah that could be very bad Um, do you mind explaining exactly what uh, tuberculosis yeah, what you, can you said. TB. It's like um, a bacterial infection. It doesn't spread too easily, I don't think, because uh, I think you have to be close in contact with a, like with a person who has it for a long time. Um, but yeah, I don't think you can. Al- I don't think it always makes you that sick, but it is airborne, and I guess people with like a weakened immune system have the greatest risk of developing the disease and yeah but I think uh, I heard something that said it it can actually take up to years for the symptoms to activate which is an extremely long time um yeah yeah that um that's kind of freaky yes (laughs) um so in terms of access to medical care mm-hmm. what if we moved on to uh between canada and the u.s yeah so, i think yeah okay you you say well i was gonna ask you to if you wanted to share your thoughts yeah. so i i think it's very good in canada how we all have access to medical care i think that's so important as i said earlier everybody deserves access to medical care and i think that's everybody should have access to medical care in the U.S. And I'm sure it'll happen someday. It's just like, um, yeah, I guess I would, I think, for example, if you're homeless or something, I think it'd be better to live in Canada. I mean, because you have access to medical care, but I think in the U.S., the population is higher, so there are more homeless people, but yeah, I'm pretty sure, I'm sure Canada has better access to healthcare. I mean, as, as it is free. Um, and I think U.S. should definitely, um, you know, catch up to us, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, because it's important, and I don't think, 
uh, it's important. And I think Canada is like, I think a lot of reason, I think many reasons where like, um, a lot of immigrants go to like, uh, Canada or the U S but I think Canada is, I mean, a better place to come. I mean, it's, I think it's easier to like get into, or there's many programs for immigrants and stuff. And there's access to healthcare. So that's definitely important. Yeah. But to me, what puzzles me is that there's a lot of countries that can't afford it, yet the U.S. could afford to create this system. They just don't. They don't, yeah. That's, I think that's pretty messed up. Yeah. I think they could help so many people by doing that, but yeah. Especially since they have, I, I bet there's so many people in U.S. who need, um, who need medical care, but they can't access it easily or because they can't afford it because it is pretty expensive. I mean, I've had, I've been in America before and I had like an ear infection and it was extremely expensive and there were like problems with the, um, with the insurance. We had to go to multiple hospitals, but yeah, it's, it's expensive and it's not, it shouldn't be. Yeah. So then again, there's also people who are in long-term treatment or mm-hmm. who need multiple surgeries or have expensive yeah. prescriptions. Yeah. And especially yeah. right now when you can't really go out to refill your prescription, mm-hmm. people suggest that you pick up multiple at once which a lot of people couldn't afford to do or I don't know if they allow you to do that because they don't want you to over yeah yeah Mm -hmm. like I I think some surgeries do happen for like if it's if it's an emergency um, but I, I know that there's people who like, who've had cancer and they can't have their surgery to have it removed. Um, if it's not like an emergency emergency, which is like, I don't know. I feel like that'd be really upsetting. Um, yeah. not just for that person, but for their person's entire family or friends. And yeah. So Um, for your podcast, uh, is there anything you could connect in terms of what you've done and learned so far? Well, I've, um, I've only done two episodes. I've done one on seizures and one on the plague. Um, I think the plague is still in some, uh, countries right now. I'm not exactly sure which form of plague but I feel like if you had the plague and you couldn't access medical care and you didn't know you had so so you didn't know you had it and it spread especially in a country that is um doesn't have like many people don't have access to medical care that could be extremely um like catastrophic because many people would die um yeah like uh like, for the Black Death, like, so many people died, and same with, like, influenza, but I feel like now, now it wouldn't be as bad, depending on which 
um, where it happened, but yeah, I don't think there's not many like things I can say that I've learned um, that's really related to this. Um, I know that during the plague, as I said before, I think I said this earlier, but um, many people didn't have access to medical care, so they'd spread it very easily. As, as I said, they didn't know they had it. And that's how so many people died. But I think now, yeah, I just think I wouldn't be as bad now. But it was very bad, especially with influenza in 1918. Yeah. So I think we will start to conclude this episode here. Do you have any final thoughts? I do not. Right. So... Um, just to review what we discussed today, mm-hmm. we talked about uh, the difference between healthcare um, in the U.S. and Canada. Mm-hmm. We touched on what uh, access to healthcare kind of means in different countries and how it's not how there's no access for certain people and what countries need the help the most. Yeah. Is there anything uh, you think I forgot or want to add on? No, I don't think you, but thank you very much for having me. This is um, a really cool topic that I think, I guess, even I, especially I need to learn um, more about because I don't know much about it. And it's definitely something that needs to be, um, needs. I feel like they should definitely, it's something that they should teach in school as well because so many people don't have yeah access to yeah so once again thank you for joining me and uh thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed this week's episode next week um episode will be coming out once again on a monday so i hope you enjoyed and so In terms of the difference between medical accessibility in Canada and the U.S., I will do a little bit of a rerun of what the main differences are that I have um, noticed. So in Canada, we have quote-unquote free healthcare, and I say it that way is because people still pay it through their taxes, but it is accessible to everyone. So we are still paying for it, but it does give um, uh, people access. In, from what I know, in Canada you can get free prescriptions if you are under 18. As well, there is actually private health care such as uh, eye doctors, dentists, and I, and more. So those are things that are not covered by the government or the free health care system. But we also have health insurance, which covers some of these things if you are willing to pay uh, a monthly amount. Um, We found out that even an ambulance is about a $50 fee. I did not know that before we had to call an ambulance once. In the U.S., you kind of have to pay for everything. 
um, they don't pay it through taxes. So if you're someone who can't afford to call an ambulance, which I believe is um, maybe around a $1,000 fee, I'm not 100% sure. I could be wrong. Again, I'm not from there. I've never really gone to the U.S., so I don't know what the healthcare system is like. So people who need prescriptions or long-term treatment as well as surgery are kind of stuck paying for it for a long time because those medical bills, if you're someone who needs to stay in the hospital, will count up. There is health insurance in the U.S., but I'm not 100% sure exactly what it covers and what it does not cover. So I'm pretty sure the whole entire U.S. uh, healthcare system is a privatized system. I might be wrong, and if I am, I'm sorry. Um, But uh, everything's kind of on you to pay. Uh, That's including, you know, eye doctors, dentists, orthodontists. You also have to pay like you do in Canada. So those are just some of the uh, kind of a Canada versus U.S. access to healthcare.